is going on guys welcome back as always to creeps in the crypt i am eric and i'm joined by the lovely christian and sam so sam almost didn't make it through the weekend fuck you eric i didn't want to share this yeah but it's too good not to so would you regale us on how you almost ended up in like a like a retirement home we about had to put you out to pasture Do you have like one of those uh, like fall down rails? Life alert. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get you a life alert. It's in, it's in the mail. It's on the way. All right. As, think... as long as you have one coming. <laughs> um, I didn't want to talk about this. So so tell us, give us the rundown of the story because I, I made you wait until we did the show. So I was dog slash house sitting at my best friend's house from last Tuesday to today. So I left there today to go home. Mm-hmm. And it was literally like the second day. <laughs> like maybe, I think it's my first full day there or second day, I don't remember. Uh, and I just got my nails done like a week and a half ago. And I was taking a shower, get ready for work and I get out and I fall. I fell down getting out of the shower. So you're really like Joe fucking Biden. Fucking geriatric. Huh? Fuck you. Like a geriatric woman. And I'm not, I busted. I found it. I can't get up. Bro, when I tell you I fell so fast, I didn't, I don't even know how I got down there. So was there just like water on the towel or what? what well, happened? no, because I had a bath mat down. So. MK's like built in like tub shower thing. Like it's nothing, it's nothing fancy. It, there's, it's nothing fancy. It's your standard tub shower curtain, all of it normal yeah. or so I thought. So I figured out what happened though. We'll save it to the end. Uh, <laughs> okay. So I'm getting out and I didn't realize there were like different, the, it could, uh, any built-in tub was different than the other. I thought it was just like a cookie cutter, like, choo, choo, choo. Like, that was it. That was a tub-shower combo. That's what you got. Well, hers is different. Hers is built different because I stepped out, and then all of a sudden I was staring at the ceiling. And I'm like, well, what the, f- what the hell happened? How did this happen to me? So I bust my pointer fingernail completely off, the, 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 the dip powder one. Like, not my whole nail. But this one. Which is your favorite finger. Yes. My middle finger cracked. Not the dip powder stuff. I guess it's acrylic. I don't really know what to call it. The dip powder stuff. My nail nail busted. Uh. 
and it's just chilling there. But there's blood on my hands. I'm like, oh, is this from? Because I, I smack my head against the, ta- the, the the tub, and I'm like, where is this blood coming from? Because it won't stop. And I hadn't looked at my hand yet. I'm like feeling through my hair, trying to see if there's blood on my head. There wasn't, thank God. And I realized it could be a whole. It could have been a whole lot worse. Yeah, it really could have. But it I'm really cussing up a storm. At, I'm pissed. We, we might have had to go on Craigslist to find a new co-host. <laughs> <laughs> so, like the dog just eats Sam's face off because I, it, it, she's laying there. No, not poor Pearl. She didn't even come into the bathroom one time. Didn't even check on you. No, that oh, little bitch. Dude, if you had like broken your hip or something, you'd have been so fucked. I know. That's why I'm like now looking back. I was cussing up a storm. I was so mad, and I finally like get my bearings back, and I'm like, okay, there's no blood coming from my head. Like I don't feel like woozy or anything. Like I'm, I feel fine. So now I'm like, man, who the fuck falls out of the shower? Who Dude, does that uh, at 30 years old? I do. Me. I do. I did that. So now I'm looking at my nails and I'm like, man, I just freaking got these done. Like, what the hell? And they're my Barbie nails. And so you, you went and saw Barbie? Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> I'm on my way. I wasn't. Uh, and not because what everyone else is saying about it. Like, it's a man-hating, bullshit movie. I haven't read anything about it. Oh, well, people are going crazy with, like, it's a, a feminist, woke, man-hating, bullshit movie. Which, parts of it, yes, I can see where they're coming from. But the other parts, um, anyway, I'm getting off track. So, I also busted my knuckle, this one. So you my just ring finger really knuckle. fucked your shit because up. I fucked myself up. Um, I couldn't. Like I still can't. It's it's I, crooked. Oh no, my the <laughs> finger itself isn't crooked. <laughs> now Sam's like looking at it. The okay. finger itself. You gotta like, overanalyze that later on tonight. I just can't. Like this finger won't flex like this. Mm-hmm. It won't flex. It it, it she just kind of stays where she's at. Mm. Um, broken your finger. I didn't. Like, it doesn't hurt to like. I can. I have full range of motion. It's just an an uncomfortable stiff pain almost. Mm. It's not like a broken like you or like. It up. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you're still with us. Uh, I called my nail tech, and I was Don't like, "Call the doctor. Call them first. Well, yeah. Priorities. And I was like, Tan. Do you have time for me tomorrow? I I broke I fell down and I broke two nails. He's like, what? <laughs> I was like, Tana, I fell down. And one is completely repairable. My middle finger, she's down for the count, dude. Don't eat, don't even don't. She doesn't exist right now. She's down. Mm. And he's like, I hear like the audible just like, come in when I open tomorrow. I have a little time before my first appointment. And I'm like, okay, I'll see you then. <laughs> That's so funny, dude. And the granny jokes at work are in full freaking swing. Yeah, if you have any uh, Sam slip and fall jokes. I heard sure all of them. them. Be sure to send them on our uh, Instagram. The Gen Zers at work have covered all bases. I'm good. I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to put anything past our creeps. 
Give me your best Sam falling down joke on our Instagram page. You're definitely not going to fall for the guy that we're talking about in part two. (laughs) Yeah. um, By the way, what's a fish's favorite food? Children. Boy ass. Which we're going to get into this episode. So before we do that, make sure you download the episodes. Make sure your auto downloads are on. You guys know the drill by now. Leave us a review. Um, We love those. And uh, without further ado, let's get into this episode. So we left off last week with Albert teaching his kids his little weird games. And uh, it's presumed at this point that Albert starts experimenting with cannibalism and sharing it with his kids because he's just so sharing and caring. See, I don't think he shared that with the kids. Oh. The cannibalism thing. I, I I think he more compartmentalized that. Oh, that's good. So he did love his kids. Yeah. Oh, it was the raw meat that. Yeah. He no. Was he doing. yeah he had okay. his kids eating raw. Like he would eat raw meat and like. I take it back. Be trying to feed his kids raw meat and shit. And he was being evaluated by mental health professionals who kept clearing him quote fit for society. Uh, and they were. Oh right. That's where we left off last week, right? Yeah. Okay. So by night, this so now we're at 1919, and Albert's obsession with torture and cannibalism had brought him to the brink of murder. His victim profile was children, mainly African Americans or orphans or mentally handicapped or any combination of the three, mm-hmm. homeless. Um, People that wouldn't be missed. Right. He. That's literally the normal the rest mo of for serial killers. Right. The less dead. So he claimed during his trial that it was the voice of God telling him to kill and consume children. Remember, because he's having auditory hallucinations. At one point, he was paying other kids to go out and bring him back other kids so he could torture and murder them. He would confess. It's a Dean Coral thing. Yeah, I feel like we talked about this last episode, yeah. maybe at the end of it. Yeah. Uh, I couldn't remember, though. So, so he would confess these murders later on, but there wasn't any evidence to support that any of these murders actually happened. Like, there was no bodies, no nothing, but that doesn't really say much. Any, like, yeah. you know, he literally ate them, so... He had a thing for boys. Right. But he was an opportunist. Yeah. Which is even scarier. And God knows how many children he actually molested. Right. Because this is this is halfway through the game with him. Mm-hmm. He's we're been, on the descent now. Yeah. He, uh, he's been molesting kids since he was probably... 18 or 19. Yeah, I was going to say early 20s. So. He's he's a lot. He's middle aged at this point, you know, Mm -hmm. he's old. He's an elderly man at this point. Yeah. So, I mean, he he doubted it's 60 something. Yeah. I mean, this is the final years of it. Well, I mean, he they after the. Spoiler alert, the Grace Bud incident, I mean, they didn't catch him for years after that. About six. I think it was more than that. Because he was in his mm-hmm. 50s during the Grace Bud thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. But anyway. So, 
in the first episode, we found out that Albert Fish wasn't always Albert Fish, right? He was yeah. uh, Hamilton, <laughs> Hamilton Howard Fish. So, but he wasn't always that either. So he goes from Hamilton Howard to Albert, and now he is a man called Frank Howard. At least he is that to the Bud family. In 1928, Frank Howard responded to an ad from an 18-year-old boy named Edward Budd in Manhattan who was determined to make something of himself and help support his family. Frank told Edward of his six children and how his wife had left them and this big old, albeit true, sob story, but he spun it to his own advantage. The Budd family bought the story hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, because he dressed nice. So yeah. they believed that he, you know, was looking for workers and yeah. shit. So Frank then offered Edward a job along with Edward's friend, Willie. The men made a plan for Frank to pick them up a week later and take them back to Frank's farm upstate and begin their work. But when the day came for Frank to pick up the two guys, he didn't show. Instead, he sent a letter saying that he would be in touch in a few days. Like, hey, sorry. Sorry I ghosted you, but I'll be back in a couple days. Yeah, Whatever. He, he really didn't want both boys. Right. He just wanted Edward at the time. Yeah. Because he, he was older. And I'm sure he was like, well, if I have both these guys, they're going to overpower me. Right. Two against one. Not good odds for old Albert. So... Frank's original plan was to hire Edward Budd and bring him back to his country house and torture him. Until Frank went over to Edward's home the next day, and Edward invited Frank to stay for lunch. During lunch, Frank met Edward's younger sister, Gracie. and It was love at first sight. Right. So Frank made a new plan and wasted no time in putting it in motion. Yeah, and... The Frank Howard thing, strictly an alias for this one incident. Yeah. We didn't go through a full-blown identity change. No, Kind of no. like H.H. Uh, H. Holmes would. Yeah, no, no, no. He was just like, this oh, my. one. This is a one-off. Yeah. So he was talking to Edward about all of the work that he was going to be doing for him on Frank's farm. And he nonchalantly just tossed in that and told Edward that he was also in town to go to his niece's birthday party and asked if Gracie would like to join him. Gracie's parents, Delia and Albert, oddly enough, said, yes, of course. Let's send our daughter with a stranger to a birthday party. Who doesn't love a birthday? Well, back then. A lot more trusting. Yep, people were a lot more trusting. I don't trust anybody. Same. But later that evening, neither Frank nor Gracie returned to the home. The family quickly reported her missing, and the police started an investigation. The police were coming up empty on each lead provided, mainly because Frank Howard didn't exist. There you go. And what's crazy is they took a train... To well, mm-hmm. getting a little ahead of myself. They took a train to where they ended up, and Albert had packed his and implements of hell is what he called them, or instruments mm-hmm. of hell. I think it's implements. 
implements of help. So he forgets them on the fucking train and Grace Bud goes back and grabs them for him. I did not have that in here. Yeah. Ew. So six years, it, the, the investigation basically goes cold for like six years. And um, until the Bud family got a letter. So I'm going to kind of finish, not really finish the Bud part before I go on to the other two. Okay. So I'm going to bring it to the to almost finish and then cuz the other two kind of like go hand in hand a little bit. Okay. So roll with me. I'm not just roll with me. Are you getting ready to read the Grace Bud letter? Uh yes. I believe so. Okay. Did you have an audio for that or No. Okay. No. I think I Okay, anyway. So, the police were coming up empty each lead because Frank Howard didn't exist, right? So, six years later, the Bud family got a letter with a detailed description of the mutilation and murder of Gracie and how he prepared a stew with her flesh and he ate it for nine days. And... Yeah. Yeah. So Her last stop was Flavortown. Oh no! Don't Gross. don't you dare ruin Guy Fieri's name like that. Now this is more Andrew Zimmern's territory. Ugh. Bizarre foods. So it says on Sunday, June the third, nineteen twenty-eight. I called on you at four hundred and six West Fifteenth Street. Brought you pot cheese and strawberries. We had lunch. Grace sat in my lap and kissed me. I made up my mind to eat her on the pretense of taking her to a party. You said, yes, she should go. She could go. Sorry. I went. So now he's talking about the what now he goes into what happened. So he goes, I went upstairs and stripped off all my clothes. I knew if I did not, I would get her blood on them. When all was ready, I went to the window and called her. Then I hid in a closet until she was in the room. When she saw me all naked, she began to cry and ran and tried to run down the stairs. I grabbed her and she said she would tell her mama. Trigger warning. So it says, first, I stripped her naked. How she did kick, bite and scratch. I choked her to death, then cut her into small pieces so I could take my meat to my room, cook and eat it. How sweet and tender her little ass was roasted in the oven. It took me nine days to eat her entire body. I did not fuck her, though. I could have had I wished. Mm. Say the last part. The last line. Last line. That was it. And She died a virgin. Oh, that wasn't. Yeah, that's the, that's the last line. Okay. She died a virgin. Which is kind of, you know, like, uh, it, at least at you least didn't go that route with it. At least. It's like, well, you know, you can feel good about this one part. But here's the shitty thing, right? The Bud family was going to lose a kid either way. Mm-hmm. It's a real Sophie's choice. Oh, my. Oh my no. God. It's a Gracie's choice. <laughs> oh, 
Well, that was Albert's choice. Mm. So this letter was inspected, and they found that it had the emblem of the New York Private Chauffeurs Benevolent Association on it. Police questioned the association and learned that the paper had been left behind by a janitor from the company at a rooming house, which I assume is like a boarding, boarding house. house. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that the janitor had been staying at. Police arrived at this rooming house slash boarding house, whatever, to find out that a man named Albert Fish, who looked very similar to Frank Howard was also renting a room there, and they set up an interview with him. So the janitor, the private chauffeur, whatever janitor, Mm -hmm. checks out of the room. Albert moves into the room. The janitor left that piece of paper there. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. It took a minute for me to, like, un... Mm-hmm. Yeah, at first like, I thought he to, like, was the janitor. No. So, janitor moves out of the room. Albert Fish moves into the room. Um... But before we get into the interview, there was more happening within the six-year span of the Bud investigation before we get to the end. The nitty-gritty. So, in July of 1924, overshadowed by the headlines covering the Leopold and Loeb trial. Which, which we will have to cover one day. I, yes, I want to so, 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 so. I forgot about them until I was reading Deranged. That's like... True crime before, like, the big true crime boom. Like, everybody was obsessed with this case. Yeah. But uh, we'll we'll get more into that when we cover it. It is fascinating, though. Yes. So, eight-year-old Francis McDonald, who was, whose father was a Staten Island police officer, had been playing in his front yard... And around 2 p.m., his mom, Anna, came out to join him along with his infant little sister, Annabelle. She was feed- Anna was feeding the baby when she noticed an older man walking down their residential street. She described him as, quote, stooped, elderly man, shabby in appearance, with gray hair, a gray mustache, and a gaunt, gray, stubbled face. He saw Anna see him and kind of like tipped his hat toward her and just kept walking. She said that he, his hands were very like restless and he was like mumbling to himself. Later that afternoon, Francis had gone down to a place called Charlton's Woods with his younger brother, also named Albert. Are you filming me? Hmm. Okay. Anyway, with his younger brother named Albert... And several other neighborhood kids, Eddie, Tommy, and Jimmy Donovan, who their dad was a firefighter for New York. And Charlton's Woods is, slash was, I don't know if it is anymore, but it was a popular spot for the neighborhood kids to go and play when the weather was nice. 
and the boys were playing their favorite game of catch with Francis's favorite ball, which was a white rubber ball with circus animals printed all over it. The boys noticed a gray-haired old man motioning them to come over. And Francis decides that he's going to walk over to this man and see what he wants. Never a good idea. Right. The other boys are just like, all right, cool, and just kept playing. And when the boys looked back in the direction that the man and Francis were, they were gone. Mm. Around 4.30 p.m., a neighbor named George Stern saw Francis and the old man walking toward the part of Charlton's Woods where, where like, a little brook was. And by dinner time, when Francis still wasn't home, it was only then that little Albert, so not Albert Fish, little Albert, Albert McDonald, had told their parents about the gray-haired stranger that Francis had left with earlier that day. Arthur McDonald, who was still in his uniform, went out to search the area. He wasn't able to find Francis on his own, so he called his co-workers at the police headquarters. By the next morning, an alert had been set out, but this was before the Amber Alert, so it was just mm. like a, I assume, like, kind of like a word of mouth type thing. Kind of like a bolo type of thing. Yeah. So then a huge search was underway to find little Francis. Ultimately, it was a group of three Boy Scouts that found Francis McDonald, Henry Lazarno, Thomas Pessone, and Henry Wood. They were trekking through a group of trees in Charlton's Woods when Henry literally stumbled upon the body. Like, he fell over it. Damn. Francis's body was sloppily covered by a pile of branches and leaves. Francis's pants and stockings, I'm assuming it means his socks. Yeah. Or his underwear, I don't know. Um, had been, quote, violently ripped from his body. The newspapers said that he was, quote, atrociously assaulted and then strangled with his suspenders so hard that they were embedded in his neck. That uh, gives me flashbacks to John Bonet. A little bit. When I put those pictures of that garrote that yeah. was used. Arthur McDonald said in an interview, quote, if I catch the killer, I'll turn him right over to Captain Van Wagner, which was the police captain at the time of Staten Island. I'll not harm a hair on his head. I want to see him punished as he deserves, but the law must take its course, which like props to him because I would probably murder him. I wouldn't give him a chance. I hope you write with God because you're about to go. You're about to go before the judgment. My you're about dude. to meet him. So Anna and Arthur McDonald were afraid that the gray-haired stranger would never be found or even caught until he returned. On February 11, 1927, four-year-old Billy Gaffney was playing outside with his neighbor, who's also named Billy. So neighbor Billy, uh, so Billy goes, they're playing like outside and then Billy, neighbor Billy's dad or maybe it was Billy Gaffney's dad, comes out and he's like, where's Billy? To neighbor Billy. Uh -huh. And he's like, the boogeyman got him. Fucking terrifying. And he's like, the boogeyman? So obviously, they call the police. And police ask neighbor Billy, where did Billy Gaffney go? And still, neighbor Billy is like, the boogeyman took him. 
And neighbor Billy described the boogeyman as, quote, a slender elderly man with gray hair and a gray mustache. That's why they called him the gray man. His appearance was gray. Yeah, he was just, like, gray washed. Mm -hmm. The police didn't really take the testimony of a three-year-old to heart and was kind of like, okay, good job, little Billy, and carried on with their investigation. Because a three-year-old being like the boogeyman got him. Little did they know how accurate that description was. Right. So now we're kind of back to uh, sort of up to date. Because all those last two happen and then he gets caught. Yep. So after Albert was after Albert was arrested. Ouch. You sure <laughs> just, you didn't hit your head? <laughs> no, I smacked my head against that tub. I just watched Sam's face just like screenshot for a second. Yeah. She's like, I think, what the I, fuck is going I on? I literally watched like a mini stroke happen. <laughs> An employee of a Brooklyn trolley line came forward to identify him as, quote, a nervous old man that he'd seen on the same day that Billy Gaffney went missing. He stated that he was with Albert was with a little boy who was crying for his mother and the man was trying to calm him down. Awful. Right? Like um, could you imagine? No, I don't want to. No. So once in custody, Albert's confessions and testimonies were heard by both law enforcement and psychiatrists. One psychiatrist stated, quote, there was no known perversion that he did not practice and practice frequently. Ew. Yeah, I mean, the dude literally had done it all. It quite literally. Like I said last episode, I'm not trying to yuck anybody's jump, but, you know, this dude's just a walking... He's honestly a, just a freak of nature. Yeah. I don't know how he went all these years, like, basically undetected. Because he was so average looking? Yeah. He, he was very nondescriptive, basically. Just, the only way that people described him was gray. Yeah. So, he described how he lured Edward Budd and his friend Willie to his farm to murder them. But once he saw Gracie, he knew he had to kill her. He brought Gracie to the train station and bought a one-way ticket for them. Once in the country, he brought her to his country house or whatever it was. And this house, like I'll post a picture of it. It looks like a textbook slasher film house. Are we sure it's not the same one that he tried to kill, um, that Thomas kid in where he caught off his no, penis? No, it's not the it's same. It's not the same one? No. Oh. So anyway, he told Gracie to wait outside and pick flowers. And we know what happens after that. So he told them about the murder of Billy Gaffney in great detail. This it, makes the Grace Bud letter look... Honestly, just like a friendly little note. If you, he gives a fucking recipe for what he does to Billy Gaffney's body. Ugh, I'm not going to like this. Mm-mm. So it says, I brought him to the Riker Avenue dumps. There is a house that stands alone, not far from where I took him. I took the boy there. 
stripped him naked and tied his hands and feet and gagged him with a piece of dirty rag I picked out of the dump. Gross. Then I burned his clothes, threw his shoes in the dump. Then I walked back and took the trolley to 59th Street at 2 a.m. and walked from there home. The next day, about 2 p.m., I took tools, a good heavy cat of nine tails, homemade, short handle. I cut one of my belts in half, slit these halves into six strips about eight inches long. I whipped his bear behind till the blood ran from his legs. I cut off his ears, nose, slit his mouth from ear to ear, gouged out his eyes. He was dead then. I stuck the knife in his belly and held my mouth to his body and drank his blood. Yeah, that was a big thing for him is he would love to drink people's blood. Ew. I picked up four old potato sacks and gathered a pile of stones. Then I cut him up. I had a grip with me. I put his nose, ears, and a few slices of his belly in the grip. Then I cut him through the middle of his body. Just below the belly button. Then through his legs about two inches below his behind. I put this in my grip with a lot of paper. I cut off the head, feet, arms, hands, and the legs below the knee. This I put in sacks, weighed with the stones, tied the ends, and threw them into the pools of slimy water you will see all along the road going to North Beach. I came home with my meat. I had the front of his body I liked best. His monkey and peewees and a nice little fat behind to roast in the oven and eat. I made a stew out of his ears, nose, pieces of his face and belly. Which I'm sorry, but that's all cartilage. Like I guess it's like what seasoning bone broth like making the broth like how you put the bones in there ew i don't even know that i don't even like that i anyway he has a recipe but he's not a great chef he's no gordon ramsay (sighs) thank god so it goes on to say i put onions carrots turnips celery salt and pepper that's it that's it and boy body parts I know, but there's not enough seasoning in there. You know, and, you know, Bill Gaffney was like four, so it was kind of like veal. Ew. Oh, Lord. So, it says, Then I split the cheeks of his behind open, cut off his monkey and peewees, and washed them first. I put strips of bacon on each cheek of his behind and put them in the oven. Then I picked four onions and when the meat had roasted about a quarter of an hour, so what, that 15 minutes? Yeah. I poured about a pint of water over it for gravy and put in the onions I, this is almost over, I promise. At frequent intervals, I basted his behind with a wooden spoon so the meat would be nice and juicy. About two hours, 
or in about two hours, it was nice and brown, cooked through. I never ate any roast turkey that tasted half as good as his sweet, fat little behind did. I ate every bit of the meat in about four days. His little monkey was a was as sweet as a nut, but his peewees I could not chew. I threw them in the toilet. Yeah. Mm. I'm glad I'm going out for a fucking drink after this. You're going to need it. I, it's safe to say that Billy Gaffney's body was never recovered. Mm. No. I wonder so. why. Can't imagine why. Can't imagine yeah. why. Albert didn't know how to eat testicles the right way, apparently. He's never seen Liver King. Yeah. I kind of want to throw up now. Uh, I feel you on that. That dude eats raw testicles like all day long. Ew. Albert's trial began on March 11th, 1935. Albert's defense team tried to use the, quote, legally insane defense, and they used many descriptions and testimonies to show the jury that he was mentally ill. He claimed that his auditory hallucinations are the ones that told him to kill children. Despite many psychiatrists that were involved with the trial who supported the insanity plea, the jury found Albert sane enough to not only stand trial, but to be found guilty. The trial only took 10 days from opening to closing. He was served the death penalty, as he should. He waited at Sing Sing Prison in New York for his turn to be put to death. While on death row, he was allowed to write a series of letters about his crimes, but these have never been released to the public. It said that the contents of the letters were, quote, too macabre for public consumption. Albert's attorney, Jack Dempsey, which that name sounds rather familiar. I don't know why. It's probably come up in another. Yeah. But anyway, so Jack Dempsey said, quote, I will never show it to anyone. It was the most filthy string of obscenities I have ever that I have ever read. End quote. So uh, I wonder if we could like Freedom of Information Act that. I have no idea. I want because you know they're still in a folder somewhere and somewhere in New York. They're probably so decrepit at this point you can't even read them. So shortly before he was put to death, he finally admitted that he was the one who had lured Francis McDonald into the woods and assaulted and strangled him. He went to the electric chair telling the guards, quote, it will be the supreme thrill, the only one I haven't tried. His last statement supposedly was a handwritten note filled with more obscenities. Authorities believe that Albert had killed as many as 10 children and ate their remains, molested over 400 children, torturing and killing several of them. But, again, there's no report or evidence to support. I mean, this all guy went all over the country and molested yeah. kids. Like, with, it's his job as a painter. Right. And so, we knew, we knew about the molestation. It's the upping the ante to cannibalism that's truly depraved. Right. 
Like this this guy is just he's the biggest piece of shit on the planet. Like to just be abducting kids like that and then cooking and eating them and then ta- taunting the fucking families. Yeah. Like I forgot he was married and like that, that feels like it was not the same person the first episode. No, I mean this this episode was it it gives me the ick. It's the most ick. Yeah. So that's it, guys. That's we're done with Albert Fish. Uh, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. I I got to figure out who we're doing next week. Uh, what order I want to go in. It won't be a fun one, kind of like uh, Lavinia Lavinia Fisher, but. Oh, but this was fun. No, I'm saying I need, I really need a palate cleanser after this. I don't blame you. But we might just let the kit the hits keep on rolling with uh Cleveland torso murder, the bad butcher of Kingsbury Run. Not as bad as Albert Fish. No. No, still pretty bad though. Mm-hmm. So Christian, if you would be so kind. We love you guys so much, and also on. News that I just found out like an hour ago. Me and friend Sam have been friends for nine years. So, yeah. And you'd like to continue celebrating us. That is pretty cool that we've been friends that long and that we're... Look at us go. I know. Look at us. I know. Make sure you guys are uh, showing the love and liking, subscribing, and downloading the show. And make sure you guys are leaving us a review. We do read them live on air and we do like hearing y'all's comments and yes. suggestions and feedback and whatever um yeah all right guys we love you very much uh thank you again for joining us with for summer of slaughter and we will see you next friday stay creepy stay spooky and stay safe yeah don't don't get lured in by any gray men no yeah don't do that bye